You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8. Episode 13. This is Writing Excuses. Fake it till you make it. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm an imposter. All right. Howard, you pitched this one. Tell us about it. Uh, When I first started... Uh, cartooning. I wanted to be a cartoonist, and I looked at the sort of things that I liked, uh, the professional behavior that I liked in cartoonists. And first and foremost among them was the comic is always there day after day, whereas a lot of web cartoonists, it wasn't there day after day. And so Mm -hmm. I assumed that in order to be a professional cartoonist, you just had to work far enough ahead that there was never a hiatus. And so when I very first started doing it, I built this work habit in that said, you know what, I don't have to cartoon every day, 
but there must always be an update. I must always work, uh, you know, a certain level ahead. Um, and I also, uh, although the early writing, now that I look back at it, it doesn't seem to uh, show this. I also wanted to make sure that I didn't, uh, I didn't just go for the easy jokes. That I, I really pushed myself as a writer from the from the very beginning. Um, I thought that these were things that professional professional web cartoonists did. Uh, in more recent years, um, say more recent, uh, around 2008, uh, there were pictures of me taken at conventions that I looked at and I thought, man, that guy looks like a slob. That guy does not look like a professional anything. He just looks like a slob. Uh, that's not how I want to look. I want to look professional. And so I decided to change that story about myself. I figured it's not going to work if I just do it at conventions. Uh, and so I completely changed the way I dressed. And uh, starting in yeah, late 2008... Um, he stopped wearing pants. I'd, yeah, <laughs> right about the time we started podcasting. Um, thank you, Mary, for... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say going for the low-hanging fruit, but that would be entirely inappropriate here, wouldn't oh, it? Clean so, oh, my... <laughs> Okay. Is no, that a banana I... in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brandon, save us. Yes, um, <laughs> I think this is very important for an aspiring professional. You want to look like a pro first. This is when we um, when we were talking to our editors early on, Dan and I. Um, the editors, we actually asked them, and they would say things like. It's good that you dress like a normal person. Mm -hmm. It's good that you look professional. Um, this isn't saying go in a suit and tie. Right. Um, this is saying go slave your cosplaying for the days when you're not going to be approaching the editors. Because when you're wearing the hat of the writer, the aspiring writer, you want to look as much like the pro as you can. Well, um, and with, with the caveat that your pro might not be the same as, as somebody yes. else's. You know, yeah. Jay Lake dresses very distinctively mm -hmm. and but that's his writer uniform and he's but, very recognizable for it and what what actually i find very interesting is that the fashion for what the writer uniform is yeah. has shifted because right now the writer uniform for a lot of people is the hawaiian shirt right mm -hmm. and if you look back to the bradbury asimov mm -hmm. days the the writer uniform was the large sideburns and the very blocky glasses yep yeah yeah and, it's um this, this goes beyond, though, the way you're presenting yourself. If you think of yourself like a pro, and you are submitting like a pro, and say, I want to submit m my submissions to editors as much like a pro what is possible, you're not going to do these silly little tricks that we always used to talk about. You know, you, now all, everything's going electronic. So the silly little tricks, I'm sure there are different silly little tricks. The silly little tricks used to be like, you know, putting perfume on your uh, your submission letter or yeah. sticking two pages together to see if they um, pulled them apart to, to read them. And all of these little tricks, there's got to be some new ones for the electronic age. But you want to format your um, your letter as a professional letter, make yourself seem like a pro. Um, you want to, to approach it. Think of yourself as if you are already making a living at this and go from there. Mm -hmm. I sometimes talk about this as um, using the, the art of the personal narrative Mm -hmm. to uh, affect public perception of you. Okay, yeah. Um, for instance, um, I, I have a temper in real life. Mm -hmm. And I, that is not part of the personal narrative that I want to have. I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. So when, uh, when they left out the first sentence of my novel, Glamour and Glass, um, my first reaction, there was a lot of cursing. There was a lot of cursing. 
Um, but that was not an interaction I wanted to have with my editor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was certainly not the interaction that I wanted to present to, the, to my audience, to, to the public. That is not who I wanted to be perceived as. as. And I knew from, from stage that you know, there's this rule, you can fix it or you can feature it. And there was no way to fix that the mm-hmm. line was gone. So I, you know, when they talk about spinning something, this is, right. this is where that personal narrative comes in. I spun it into a promotional opportunity. Right. And the personal narrative that I put forward was that I was very relaxed and understanding and easygoing, which I learned to be mm-hmm. uh, in part because I acted the part of being understanding and reasonable and easygoing after I got my cursing out of the way in private. Right. Right. I mean, this happens a lot in the professional world. You'd be surprised. At, like, for instance, when, um, when I hit uh, the New York Times list for the first time, it was like a tiny, minuscule hitting the New York Times list. I was like number 23 of 25. And I, um, I hit it by like, you know, I think I sold 1,700 copies of, of a book. No, no, it was more than that. It was 5,000. So it was, it was, you know, but 5,000 copies, that doesn't sound like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really... It, it actually is a lot in our business, 5,000 hardcovers in the first week. But it probably sounds minuscule to you because, you know, a, a, a blockbuster movie is not going to be having 5,000 people see it. Um, but that's, you know, that hit. And I'm like, if nothing's changed, my editor's like, oh, no. From now on, you act like and say you're a New York Times bestseller and everything has changed. Yeah. And it's that simple. You just start acting like you're a New York Times bestseller. It's the, the same sort of way. I think that um, you listeners, when you, um, you're publishing your fiction, you want to act like a professional. You don't want to, this is particularly important, I think, if you're self-publishing. Yeah. Um, go, don't act like the, don't throw a tirade when someone um, gives you a bad review. Um, now, granted, there may be some pros who throw tirades, but anytime you throw a tirade, it makes you look unprofessional. Yes, if you, act professional, yeah. just not like... That professional. Like <laughs> professional. Yeah, act like the, the nebulous sense well, of act, professionalism. Well, act like the people that you respect and you, yes. you know, pick, pick this is who I want to be when I grew up. Not because, you know, they have a lot of money, but because, you know, pick the role model. Right. And, and say, okay, that's the behavior I want to do because I like that person. Right, right. Um, the, the other thing, if I can jump in, mm-hmm. in terms of things that new writers do that, you know, I, I know I did, uh, is the pre-apology. Yeah. It's the, um, you know, so, so are you a writer? Well, you know, not really. I mean, I just, I was, I, I've got some things. I, I'm, I'm submitting. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're telling people that you're not, you, right. you don't mm-hmm. take yourself seriously when you do that. So why should they? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when someone says, so are you a writer? You're like, yes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an aspiring writer. I submit regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know. Yeah, I just sent in a couple of stories, or I write science fiction and fantasy. I haven't published anything yet, but mm-hmm. it's just a matter of time. Right. You know, just be matter of fact. I had it. somebody in a panel ask me, so when am I allowed to tell people I am a writer? And I, and I answered the question, well, do you write? Yes. Then you are a writer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, every qualifier you throw after that is something that can just unfold as part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there is the... the uh, the flip side of this is that you do not want to bluff to the extent that right. you puff mm-hmm. yourself up. Well, I've, I've published, you know, 30 stories in my mother's newsletter. Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Part of being professional, I would say, in that, that professionalism we're shooting for, mm-hmm. not, uh, not how some professionals act, is to 
be very confident, mm -hmm. be very self-assured in your writing, but also not covering anything up. Yeah. Not pretending you are something you're not, but you are, well, you are pretending you're something you're pretending you're a professional, but mm -hmm. you're not inflating your, um, your credentials right. in any way. Yeah. We're and not saying go apply for a job and write down all sorts of things you don't have. Right. But go for a job and act like you belong in that job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and honestly, the difference between the writing of someone who's been writing regularly for 20 years and hasn't had a breakout sale yet, and the novelist who's been writing for 20 years and has been getting paid, the difference between the writing may not be noticeable. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's yeah. the, you can't say that, oh, one is, one reads like a professional and the other doesn't. No, the difference is one of them's getting paid and the other one isn't. And so the, uh, the level of pretense, when I say fake it until you make it, the only thing that you're faking is how sta how tall you stand, mm -hmm. uh, how you dress, and yeah. There's a uh, there's a post that Justine Lavalestier did that we should link to, which is I'll know I'm a real writer when, mm, which right. is this long list of things starting with you know when I sell my first story. Well, I'll, I'll know I'm a real writer when I I've sold two stories. Right. When I've sold it to a professional market, when I've sold a novel, when I've sold a novel that someone besides my mother has read, you know, and it's just this long list of increasing things. And the thing, the thing to understand about, um, about this whole journey is that pretty much every writer has been where you are right now. And it, it doesn't matter where you are on your journey. Pretty much every writer has right. been the, the person who has not sold anything yet, the person who has just sold the one story, the person who has sold three stories and then has a five-year streak where you don't sell anything. Everybody goes through this, and so we all understand. Well, everybody except Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wrote 13 before I sold one. Thank I know, you I'm, very much. I'm, I'm teasing. Um, book of the week. Book of the week. Um, I want to, uh, Rob doing nonfiction reminded me of some of the great nonfiction books that I've read that have helped me come, become a better writer. And I do think we should be doing more nonfiction because as writers... Hey writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nonfiction is going to help you a ton. I want to promo A History of Warfare by John Keegan. Uh, this was a book recommended to me early on, but I can't even remember who it was. And I picked it up and read it, and it has been fundamentally uh, and foundationally um, and extremely important for me as a fantasy writer, understanding the nature of warfare and how small developments in science can change the way that war happens and how societal um, factors change the way war happens. It talks about why in small tribes wars are, happen in one way and why they happen in a different way in large scale. It talks about science, it talks about the stirrup, it talks about all these cool things that if you know can help you develop your fantasy and science fiction worlds to a more realistic extent. So this is A History of Warfare by John Keegan. Audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Start a 30-day free trial membership. Get yourself a copy of a history of warfare. A history of warfare. Sorry, I just blanked on that. Uh, yes, I I faked it by gesturing at the person who could maybe uh, help <laughs> me through the help me through the conversation and pick up the lull. Um, anyway, after you buy that one book, you can pick up a number of other titles at thirty percent off. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Howard, when you first pitched this episode, you said that there's a fallacy involved that yes, you want to make sure to talk about. The flip side of fake it till you make it is the logical fallacy of affirming the consequent. And the example that I like to use of this logical fallacy is Nathan Fillion has 10 million Twitter followers, so and he's a famous actor who got to be in Firefly. So if I can accumulate 10 million Twitter followers, I will also be a famous actor who gets to be in Firefly. Um, <laughs> and you can see how patently absurd that is. Right. If you look at the authors that you admire, if you look at the writers who wor whose work you adore, if you follow them on Twitter and follow them on Facebook, and suddenly start equating their social media presence mm -hmm. as a precursor to their success right. instead of as a consequent of their success, then what you are doing is affirming the consequent. And you need to be careful not to do that. It's one thing to 
uh, you know, dress a little nicer when you're making a pitch to an editor. It's another thing entirely to be so desperate for Facebook followers yeah. that nobody takes you seriously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the story that Howard started the cast with about when he started cartooning, uh, he picked very intelligent things to strive for. You know, I'm going to try to hit updates every single day. I'm mm -hmm. going to try to, you know, stretch myself as an author. That those are the kind of things that you need to be striving for as you try to be professional, rather than I want to make sure I have, you know, a, I, that I max out my Facebook friends. I'll give you a mistake that I made. I had seen lots of comics that had uh, popular T-shirt merchandise, and mm. I thought, well, you know, part of being a popular cartoonist is having T-shirts. And so back in 2001, I printed a, I printed a T-shirt and was sure that this was just going to sell like hotcakes. And I lost money on the shirt run and realized, oh, wait a minute, maybe, maybe that cart has to actually go behind that horse. There's something <laughs> else. There's something else that has to drive this. Mm -hmm. So what could, what, what could writers be looking at that is kind of affirming the consequent like that, other than the Twitter followers and things like this? Um, <laughs> I, I used social media as an example mm -hmm. because it's always uh, it's always there in our face. Um, I was, a good one okay. is um, New York Times bestseller, which right. we've talked about. I have never been on that list. Mm -hmm. I've got six books out, and I've never been on that list. And you don't have to be on that list in order to be successful. Well, and I think a lot of um, newer writers t tend to look at something like the Amazon sales rank. If I can just get my Amazon sales rank here, and they'll put mm -hmm. so much effort into getting up there for That's one true. hour. If you, attempt, yeah. to, if yeah. you attempt to game the system mm -hmm. um, in, order to, uh, in order to have some sort of badge of honor, right. whether it's a sales rank or an award of some sort, uh, then potentially what you're doing yeah. is affirming the consequent because that sales rank, that award, are not going to make you a professional. Yeah, there's also one, and I, this one is a little bit tricky to talk about, but the um, collecting famous friends. Right. Mm -hmm. um, or being in a writing group for yes. many, many years Yes. with some famous people that came out of it or right. being a member of the community and kind of acting like... The, there are these people that, uh, that science fiction fantasy communities will attract who are writers, but never sell anything and never really write anything, but like the idea mm -hmm. of being a writer. And so they will buddy up and, you know, this is fine. I don't want to de yeah, denigrate these people, no, no. but they will buddy up and they will get in writing groups and they will be, and you'll talk to them, find them at everything. This one person who is at all of the cons and stuff and acts in all ways like a writer, except never actually writes anything. Yeah. And these, you know, the... I want to say that there's these people that they they do no harm. This is not yeah. these are bad people. No. But this is recognize that this is the logical fallacy. Like right. it, doing all of these things does not make you a professional writer. This is not going to sell anything. Yeah. You're not and that's if you're looking to have a career, that's the kind of behavior that we're warning you away from, not because it annoys people, but because you it, and it does not. Uh, but because it's not going to help you. The one, that just, I've seen, okay. the one that I've seen where I've been able to personally observe the disappointment as the individual has realized that they've been affirming the consequent is, you know, if I can be on a panel with right. the following oh, people, that's yes, a great one. then mm -hmm. I will suddenly be... And they realize they're on that panel, they got to say a couple of clever things, 
and after the panel's over, the panel's over. Yeah. Everybody mm -hmm. walks away and nothing changed. Yeah. Now, I've loved getting to be on panels with wonderful people, but I treat those as fun opportunities. It's like right. a roller coaster oh, ride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, I got to do this, but at the end of the ride, I had it's to get over. off, I had to go back to work. One of the most um, affirming and terrifying things for me was uh, I was talking with Nancy Kress, and I was talking about the fact that I have was having serious imposter syndrome. And understand that I was having imposter syndrome the week before I went to Denver and where I won the Campbell Award. So mm -hmm. this is completely unjustified imposter syndrome. <laughs> I mean, you know, at this point, I, I cannot pretend that I am right. not a writer. And, um, and I'm talking to Nancy about imposter syndrome, and she says, oh, I have that all the time. This is a woman who's won, I don't know how many Nebulas and Hugos. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, everybody knows her. She's a fantastic writer, and she still gets imposter syndrome. And, and on the one hand, I feel like, oh, okay, then it's okay for me to feel like I'm faking it. And on the other hand, it's terrifying because it means that I won't ever get to a point where I don't have <laughs> this. I had an artist, uh, I'm not going to name him, um, who I was talking to him about, uh, about imposter syndrome, and he said, really? You get that? Because uh, I don't. And, and I remember having that conversation and being terrified that, mm -hmm. wow, there are people out there who, who are so confident and so competent. You know, th this guy's had multiple Hugo nominations. Um, well, now you know that he's male and he has multiple Hugo nominations. And Thanks. he and I were at a convention together. Hey! He poked me and said <laughs> at, at one point during this convention where I was the artist guest of honor, he poked me and said, hey, artist guest of honor, you know, smile. I was kind of tired and was sitting on the couch. And when he said that, I realized, you know what, as tired as I am, I need to fake it until I make it. I need to act mm -hmm. the part of this paid guest. And so I got off my butt and walked to 20 different room parties, realizing that even though I'm not a social butterfly, the convention kind of wants me to go be visible. And I had a fantastic time. Mm -hmm. Popped my head into the parties and said hello and collected stickers and met neat people. And if I get convention invitations in the, uh, in the South in coming years, it may, may be a direct result of me getting off my butt. Can I give the writing prompt this week? Go for it. Because this is not actually a writing prompt. This is a submission <laughs> prompt. Ooh. Good. Um, what I that. want you to do is I want you to submit to the market that you think you will never sell to. A story. Ooh. Oh, you mean like a yes. high, okay. high yes. level market. Pick the market that you would love to have your story in that you think you will never sell to because you aren't good enough yet. Okay. Don't submit a romance story to a science fiction yes. market, which I immediately assumed you <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, that, <laughs> no, that, that is not what I no. meant. No. Shoot for the stars. Yes. Take, take the story and send it to the best possible market for it. That's a great prompt. All right. This has been writing excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. You, you really are. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.